Welcome to episode 212 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast topic this week, we're going to explore Amazon's uh, recent announcement that they're going to purchase Whole Foods for about $14 billion uh, and how this uh, acquisition is going to impact the future of retail. So there are all kinds of possible uh, points of leverage that come from Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods. And if you sort of break down the whole, whole Foods business operation uh, into some of its component parts, you can just see how valuable this is uh, to Amazon. So I'm going to start by highlighting some of these areas. Of course, other folks have talked about it, but I think it's interesting to you know uh, sort of first break down these these segments and then analyze what Amazon could do with them in conjunction with all of their other uh, services. So to start off with, Whole Foods has real estate in areas with a high-end demographic. I've, I've seen it called, you know, the, the yuppie grocery store, right? And uh, I thought y- hipster had replaced yuppie. I days. see. Okay. So the hipster, the, the huppy, uh, the, the, huppy. The, the, the huppy grocery store. So they're a trendsetter, John. I am. And you know, when, when you're at Whole Foods, I've also heard it called whole wallet, right? Because, whole paycheck is the term I'm more familiar with. Right. So so high-end uh, food stuffs for, for sure. And real estate in, in all of these uh, various areas of the country uh, where there's a very important slash profitable uh, demographic uh, for, Wealthy. For, 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 for grocery and for retail generally. Uh, so, so that's something to be jealous of of Amazon if if you're another grocery retailer or an e-commerce uh, retailer. All of a sudden, Amazon has this prize real estate, which you know you can imagine, you know maybe maybe dozens of things Amazon could do with high-end real estate. Uh, number one, uh, they they could use you know warehousing and uh, use these as distribution points uh, for any of their prime services. Um, that's you know just a starting point. So real estate number one. Number two, certain amount of logistics and warehousing. Now Amazon has proven to be a master of logistics and warehousing. So I don't know how much of Whole Foods logistics is going to help them out, except that the grocery business is, is very different from the kinds of things that Amazon has been good at. And Amazon hasn't had, you know, the, the best luck with their grocery services. So they have Amazon Fresh, which is kind of their groceries on demand. And then they have Amazon Pantry, which is more of the uh, stuff that you'd get at like a Costco um, and, and buy in bulk. And, and the delivery time is not that important for Amazon Pantry because you're getting things that are shelf stable. And if, and if there's anything that's been janky around the Amazon user experience in the past, it is groceries. It is exactly these kind of products. Because even now with Amazon Pantry, um, it's it's crappy compared to Amazon Normal, where it's one-click, easy in, easy out. They have these boxes and percentages of boxes, and it puts you in this weird psychological frame of feeling like you need to optimize. Like it, it's, it's awful, actually. And it's a total departure from what makes Amazon otherwise wonderful, which is namely 
good price, push a couple buttons, the thing is coming and you feel good about it. When I buy from Amazon Pantry, I never feel good about it. So uh, Whole Foods is certainly coming into a slice of Amazon that I think Amazon has executed poorly. And they're a company that generally executes things pretty well. So uh, we talked about real estate. We talked about logistics and warehousing. Uh, the third item on my list uh, that Amazon gets um, is, is not something I've seen a lot of analysis on yet, but it's data, right? It's data about these high-end demographics. Uh, you know, I don't know the extent to, you know, how much uh, information Whole Foods has on each individual customer, but uh, rest assured, any information that they have, you know, Amazon is going to integrate into their into their sort of chain of analysis and uh, data breakdown. So Whole Foods is going to know you much better as a whole person or, you know, Whole Foods, Amazon. Uh, and, and I think the data part of this uh, might be underrealized as an asset for Amazon because, you know, we're, we're talking about not just the data that they've got already at Whole Foods, but the data that they're going to be getting from you as a result of this Amazon Partnership. So, for example, Amazon has a prototype no cashier uh, grocery store called Amazon Go. So, you essentially log into your uh, Amazon Prime or whatever, scan uh, when you enter the grocery store, and then all of a sudden you've got a GPS tracking device plus, you know, uh, retail tracking plus uh, it's all attached to your Amazon Prime account, right? So you're walking around. Imagine instead of Amazon Go, it's Whole Foods Go, right? right? And so all the goodies at Whole Foods, all of a sudden, not only do you know what I bought, I bought some bananas and, you know, uh, a soda, but you also know that I was standing in front of the, the cakes for a while and probably, <laughs> probably like, hey, cake, yeah, no, I, 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 want, I want some cake, right? So, so retargeting, right? So you know I was standing in front of the cake. So I go back to the office, right? I was just out for lunch. I go out come back. And then on the web ads are all of a sudden showing me that darn Whole Foods cake that I was standing in front of because it triggered some 15 second, you know, I was in front of there for 15 seconds and they use eye tracking or something. And, and all of a sudden there's this cake that keeps showing up that gets retargeted to me. I don't know. John, it could be drone delivered in just 10 minutes. Yeah. Dropped on my head. John, did you further know that Jessica down three, three cubes from you, her birthday is this week. Why not have that cake drone shipped in and celebrate her birthday? Yeah, this this is of course getting a, a little silly, but you you can see. Oh, the, I'm not being silly. I'm actually being dead stone serious. <laughs> I'm being a little of both, but retargeting always creeped me out. Right, so I'm on on one site and I'm looking at Hawaiian shirts or whatever, and then I go to another site and I get retargeted. Right, so. Imagine retargeting following you into the physical world, a la Minority Report. You know, Mr. Anderton, uh, or you know, whatever his name yeah. was in the movie. You know, but that's always this been stuff. a question of, of when, not if, right? I suppose so. But watching the when happen is pretty amazing. Is it freaking you out, bro? Is it freaking it, you out? It only cost Amazon fourteen billion dollars to invade everybody's. Uh, uh, lives in, in a more significant way. Well, speaking of Amazon and speaking of only and speaking of billions, I saw a headline this weekend that said Jeff Bezos is only $5 billion away from being the wealthiest person on earth. Now, um, only $5 billion kind of blew my mind. Right. Sounds like a lot of money to me, but I guess to good old Jeff, it's not. Yeah, I think once you're in the zero 
0.01%, then you start measuring things in, in billions instead of millions or, uh, in, in my case, uh, you know, $20 <laughs> bills, y'all. Um, so so those, those are the three so, so far. Uh, number three was data. And then the fourth thing, uh, which is, again, probably n- not uh, being analyzed quite as much, is all of the purchasing relationships and uh, long-term agreements that, that Whole Foods has in place. So I can imagine that Whole Foods has a different set of relationships than Amazon's grocery division would have. So you're talking about local food supply, you're talking about uh, organics, you're, you're talking about things that are uh, not necessarily readily available uh, to Amazon. So whether that sort of increases their product offerings or if that's just something that goes by the wayside, you know, I don't know. It's certainly something that's harder to integrate because the local whole food stores, I, I don't know the specifics of how it runs, but I sort of superficially understand the structure. They have latitude to be purchasing small batch products in their local market from companies that aren't able to scale, that wouldn't be able to scale to Amazon, you know, as it becomes this global thing instead of this local thing. And Amazon is, I don't wanna say strictly, but they're global, whereas these Whole Foods, each location is for some proportion of it hyper-local. And the the sort of um, latticing of those together is a little funky. How that shakes out, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, it's it's definitely not a straight line to everybody in the world can now get Bob's Delicious Pickles or fuck Bob's Delicious Pickles. We're just going to cut them off. I, yeah. Yeah, it's it's unclear. And, and I do believe Whole Foods is going to be operating under its uh, established brand. So a lot of these things are going to uh, go on underneath the surface. But I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily readily apparent to us, you know, as as these changes are made, uh, albeit, you know, you're things like the, of course, retargeting in, in physical space, you'll, you'll notice that. I, I think this uh, conversation about sort of the future of commerce, I think we should bring in some of the other, you know, the, the giant four tech companies that are really, you know, starting to dominate the conversation, at least here in the United States. So you have Alphabet slash Google, uh, Apple, and um, Facebook. And all of these companies and uh, Amazon and Amazon, of course, right? And and all of these companies have you know various divisions, and and they're going head to head in any number of areas. And I think it's it's worth noting that Amazon is really ascendant based on their involvement with uh, you know this combination of uh, retail and the Internet of Things connections that are nascent now, but are really going to become important in the next few years. So I think Amazon has pushed into physical space ahead of everybody else. Now, Google, of course, has their Google Home and Nest and, and That's other niche. That's just niche crap right now. But, but Amazon really, I mean, Amazon really has a physical presence now both on the technology side and and now on the uh, you know the the grocery store side and well even beyond that right I mean there's um, Dedham Mall which is in a suburb of Boston that I go to with my children they recently put in an Amazon bookstore 
So, That's right. you know, no longer the borders or the brands that we're familiar with. Now, Amazon Books is the local brick and mortar. And Dedham Mall also has a Whole Foods. So when we were there yesterday in, you know, sort of in the in the um, in the reflection of this, the announcement of this deal, I sort of noticed the fact that, you know, what's that going to look like? Yeah, that's right. I mean, Apple, of course, has their physical space, their physical retail. It, it's funny, they've, at, at least to me, it's it's always seemed like a lovely a showcase, really, for their technology. Uh, but it's less about going to the Apple store uh, to interact with, with the Apple technology. Like, there's nothing revolutionary when I when I go into to the Apple store. Um, they, they have some niceties about the way they process you through there. But, you know, considering that they're all about the experience, I, I would just expect there to be a little bit more coming out of, coming out of Apple from their retail front. It, it really feels like, hey, the, the Apple store is, we're, we're just trying to get you to buy our hardware sort of as quickly as possible. There's sort of nothing beyond that. And uh, as you pointed out on the show, you know, many times over the, over the past couple of years, Apple, as an innovator, they, they don't feel like they're keeping up. Um, and Amazon, quite literally, seems to be eating their lunch. We said it on the show five years ago, Apple was done. Apple had been passed and, and, and was done, and they are, right? I mean, they're going to exist as a big company making a ton of money for a long time still to come. There's no, there's no question about that. But so is Exxon and a lot of other horrible, ugly, disinteresting companies. That's the group that Apple now lives with. That's their peer group. They don't belong in the conversation with Google and Amazon and Facebook, which are the next generation companies. Their Apple is visionless. And, and this the, the choices, the progress made by Amazon is just another example of Apple being left far, far behind. So do you think there's a, a third act? So this is, uh, Apple's second act was game-changing for for uh, technology and the, and the way we use it, no question. Um, their first act was pretty substantial in terms of shaping the way computing happened in, in sort of the, the 80s and, and early 90s. So the personal computing uh, revolution, uh, they've either influenced or guided or, or changed it in significant ways for 20 to 30 years. So does Apple have a third act? I guess we can only speculate right now, but but it feels like to have such a significant player uh, sort of drop off. I mean, maybe maybe that's just what happens to companies uh, after a while. I mean, it certainly happened to uh, Microsoft, although they're trying to have their own second or third act. Yeah, Apple will try to have more acts, and who knows? I mean, maybe they'll they'll shoot the moon and get really lucky and have something impressive. But look, the fact is, Apple was created as a personal computing company. And Apple's successes all hit in the realm of personal computing, all of them. Personal computing is in the rearview mirror now. Personal computing in the future is existing in a broader ecosystem, an ecosystem that includes things we talk about on the show all the time, like driverless cars, drone delivery, spaceships, things way beyond a little thing that you hold in your hand or that sits on the desk in front of you. It's these these integrated, complex environments. And Apple is nowhere on that stuff. It's again, it's the Google and Facebook and Amazon that are ones that are doing interesting things down these paths and in these directions. 
um, and, and some other companies as well. You know, it, we focus a lot on those three because they're sort of the, the internet natives, the, the, the giant internet successes that are sort of blasting into emerging technologies, you know, far beyond the, the, the network. Um, but look, you know, look at the companies of Elon Musk as an example, right? I mean, the, the, the space that he is carving out is also heading into that sort of next generation, um, bigger picture, environmental system level thinking um, of, of solving the problems of the future. And Apple is just a relic of the past. Um, that's, I think that's it. Yeah, I'll be watching this uh, Amazon plus Whole Foods uh, purchase and, and integration very closely since I, I think it's, it's going to make Amazon that much more powerful a competitor. Um, and really, um, you know, I saw some smart analysis on uh, the Atlantic website just talking about how Amazon is the 21st century equivalent in some ways of, you know, how Sears, right, how Sears started. So they started as a catalog company. So the equivalent of, you know, mail order, which is more or less uh, where Amazon began, yeah. uh, you know, the digital equivalent. And then Sears moved into the retail space uh, as it became apparent that um, those spaces were important and people moved to cities and, and, and needed those spaces. So I, I thought that was an interesting um, uh, an interesting analysis. We'll, we'll put the, the link to that Atlantic article um, up with the show notes uh, so listeners can check it out. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dmeemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 212 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.